Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Hello again, it's me, Ken Rundle, and with me is researcher Dr. Emma Burak, linked to Cranfield University, but working with Yara. As the company's sustainable fertilizer manager, Emma has just completed a season investigating OMFs, or organomineral fertilizers. Now, Emma, sustainability is a word appearing much more in the agricultural vocabulary these days. So perhaps we can begin by reminding ourselves what organomineral fertilizers are and how they fit that sustainability tag. But I should say first, we aren't talking about slurry or dung here, are we? So organomineral fertilizers are kind of, as they suggest, they are organic matter based, um, dried and pelleted um, with uh, mineral enrichment, which normally focuses on nitrogen. Um, so unlike farm la- farmyard manure, um, which has got relatively poor nutrient to weight ratio, um, these are much more easily stored and transported. So basically, farmyard manures and slurries, as long as they, they, they can be moved around fairly short distances or like on one particular unit, that's fine. It's the, it's traveling around the country that you're thinking about here. Yeah, so you'll find that farmyard manure tends to be produced in high quantities in areas of high livestock density. Um, And so the uh, arable croplands around those sorts of areas tend to get quite a lot of organic matter, but areas, say, on the east side of the UK, which is predominantly cropland, don't tend to get a whole lot of farmyard manure. But that's not to say that that the organic mineral fertilisers can't be made from farmyard manure Um, because organic mineral fertilizers can be made from pretty much any uh, organic matter feedstock. In your case, what are you using? So, as you mentioned, we're focusing on the sustainability of it. Um, So we are trying to recycle waste organic matter. And currently, with the UK's government pledge to sort of increase or actually make household food waste collection mandatory, in the in the coming years, there's going to be a lot of extra waste household food that needs to have a a, a purpose. Um, so that is what we are focusing on at the moment. So what do they offer that conventional mineral fertilizers don't? Um, well, one of the main aspects is the is an avenue for reincorporating organic matter. Um, and as most people know, organic matter is one of the main pillars for soil health. Um, but they also promote circular economy, especially the way that we're trying to do it is it's acting as an avenue for taking those waste nutrients, that waste food stock and reincorporating it into the soil in a arguably more useful way than them being just put into landfill, which is what is currently happening with most food waste. It's also presumably a bit more controllable in the sense that, uh, there's always a risk with slurries and dunks, for example, that there's diffuse pollution. All it needs is a rainstorm at the wrong time of after application and you're in trouble. This allows a lot more control on that kind of issue. That is uh, that is one thing that we're actually going to be looking at later on is the impact on diffuse pollution, because um, that is a big point with with fertilizers. But it's certainly an issue that you think they, these have some kind of benefits for. Um, well, organic mineral fertilizers have a slightly slower release in their nutrients because a lot of the nutrients are tied up, um, or rather the nutrients are bound in an organic capsule, if you like, 
Um, so they they tend to be slower release. Um, so therefore, we can assume we haven't tested this yet that they will be less susceptible to diffuse pollution because of the um, more gradual release. And that slow release depends on moisture being added to them at the right time. So I suppose with things like droughts and so on, there, there can be a bit of an issue. But again, this is something you're going to have to look at next season. Well, something we kind of sort of touched on this season with the with the super dry growth season. But it is definitely something we're going to be looking at in the future, trying to toy with the, well, not toy with, but investigate the nutrient release characteristics and then experiment with them and how we can make them beneficial. Well, you've just finished the season's work. How did you carry out the the, the research and, and what kind of things were you looking at? So this year we've been focusing on uh, field trials. Um, and this is the first year of field trials, like you said. Um, we had one field trials in spring barley and um, a couple of others in oilseed rape. Um, the spring barley was quite closely monitored for um, impact on the soil as well as impact on plants and obviously uh, focusing on the yield as well. Um, and the oilseed rape, we wanted to look at, um, like I mentioned before, the toying with the slow release nature of the fertilizers. Um, so we were looking at split applications. So um, combining or having initial applications of organic mineral fertilizer and then secondary or third applications of um, mineral fertilizers. So the yield of the um, spring barley, um, the well, actually both fields, they were, the, the results on yield was quite promising. When looking at the recommended dose, there was no statistically significant difference. Um, but to get sort of like a, a better understanding of the uh, the nutrient use efficiency, um, we also applied application rates above and below recommended. Um, and that's when you see a slight reduction in performance of the organominal fertilizer. And as I said previously, we, we think that this is because of the slow release nature. Um, with the oilseed rape, however, when, like I said previously, we we looked at the split applications. We applied OMF or organomonal fertilizer in the seed bed, and then another application of the seed bed and the second application with the third application all being mineral fertilizers. And we found that with OMF being applied initially, followed up with mineral fertilizers, tended to outperform the purely mineral application. Um, so there's a case of sort of like uh, tweaking when and how you apply the fertilizers, the differing fertilizers. What was the impact on individual plants? Did you look at that? Um, yeah, so we looked at the impact on the plant itself. So we looked at the plant nutrients at vital growth stages. Um, but we were also really interested in root development. Um, so I think it's a little known fact that um, roots are one of the main ways in which plants contribute to carbon sequestration in the soil. Um, and so in the in the barley crop, we inserted clear tubes into the ground um, that could accommodate a specialised root scanner. Um, so we could essentially take pictures of the roots as they grew. Um, and we found that the roots tended to mirror the yield. Um, 
and there was no statistically significant difference between them, which is promising. Again, obviously, as you've said, this is just the first season. About As far as the soils was concerned, was there anything you could pick up there or were we still too far away? We, we would need, say, a, a series of experiments, a series of a number of years before you picked up any real difference. Yeah. So anyone involved in sort of like regenerative agriculture or improving soil health knows that, that soil health is quite um, slow to result, respond in a positive way. Um, so things like organic matter take quite a, more, more than one season um to to notice a difference so no we didn't notice a difference in we didn't see a observable difference in soil health indicators um but other aspects um in the soils can be quite quick to respond like nutrient contents um and with this particular batch of omf um has quite a high sulfur content um due to the uh due to the mineral amendment being ammonium sulfate um and that sulfur content did have a residual build up in the soil so although sulfur is being more frequently applied um that might not suit everyone um which is prompting us to look at uh, alternative recipes and maybe incorporating ammonium nitrate instead of ammonium sulfate as the mineral amendment the nutrients in the OMF in the organic mineral fertilizers are tied up uh, with the organic matter. They're all incorporated into each other. Um, so which makes the nutrients in the organic matter and the organic organic mineral fertilizers slightly slower release uh, in comparison to say the mineral fertilizers, which as soon as they touch, essentially as soon as they touch water, they're available in the soil solution. Um, so for the organic mineral fertilizers, we think that a repeat wetting is needed for that consistent release of nutrients um that's something that we suspect and something that we're going to test and presumably therefore if you're thinking to the future one of the things to look at is possibly on systems agricultural production systems where they're using irrigation so that there's a regular regular input of of water and so on that's the kind of thing to perhaps where suddenly these omfs might be more applicable than other areas where on dry soils or on sandy soils where drying out is quite common. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this kind of thing where having all the knowledge means that we know where and when these fertilizers can be applied and to how what use. Well, you would dip I I, I would suggest you're dipping your toe in the water this year. What happens next? What are you planning for next season? And what are the kind of things that this is stimulated to think about? Um so Next year, we well, we already have an oilseed rape trials in the ground. We will also have a spring barley and oats trial. Um, but apart from the field trials, which will begin in a similar vein as what we've done this year, we're also going to be looking at uh, lab trials to look at the environmental impact of the fertilizer. Um, one of the more immediate experiments that we've got planned is looking at the greenhouse gas emissions. So applying them to soil in very controlled environments and measuring how much gases are released during their breakdown. How far ahead is this research of what's happening around the world or is it part of a, a community of researchers looking at this issue? There is research going on 
in all sorts of places, not just in the UK and not just in Yara um, and not just in Yara UK. Other parts of Yara are also looking at it. Um, but there are also other countries doing independent research on it as well. Oh. So it is a building discipline. <laughs> and when you look at the positives of it, the circular economy aspects, the sustainability of it, the potential benefits to the soil health, it's kind of silly not to look into it, really. Yeah, it certainly looks as though OMFs might offer some practical solutions to a number of sustainability issues within conventional farming. Dr. Emma Burek, thanks for the update on that and good luck with the next season's research programme. I'm Ken Rundle and I'll be back with more news on Yara's activities in a couple of weeks' time. Speak to you then. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.